Welcome back to A Plan for That Podcast with Erin and Vince, where each week we will give you our read on the amazing news cycle and meet with progressive leaders and activists to elect an army of progressives while having big structural fun together. I'm Erin, a recently activated lightning bolt of energy that demands progressive change, and I bring a crowd. And oh boy, are they mad. They are definitely mad this week. Hey everybody, my name is Vince. I'm a recovering journalist out here in the Rocky Mountain West who's spent the last couple of years operating on the fringes of mainstream politics. And I'm really eager to help bring my experiences to your energy and help build a plan for that here every week on a plan for that, where this week where we're just really gonna focus on raging at that a little bit for a few minutes here. Welcome back. It feels good. We missed last week. I am very sorry to have missed last week. A podcast does not work when you have no voice. And I had no voice last week. I left it all on the steps of the Supreme Court when I was out there with the Colorado delegation for the McConnell v. Justice rally, where we stood against the uh, Republican movement to fill the seat, which they absolutely did. Um, Two nights ago, the Senate did confirm a new Supreme Court justice whose name I am not going to mention because I don't remember it. I only know the initials. I'm not even going to do her the dignity of knowing her full name. I always try to be the show's optimist. So guys, I'm going to just lead off by saying I am failing today. Okay. (laughs) I'm furious. I have not been this mad since I heard about Uh, Migrant women having their hysterectomies being forced on them while in our captivity in the name of our nation, which I know the bulk of our nation is completely against. In fact, I'm starting to feel like there are things being done in the name of our country that are so far against what any of us think, feel, want. It it feels a little frustrating, Vince. I got to be honest. (laughs) It is. It is frustrating to suddenly see ourselves uh, under the weight of real extreme minority rule. Uh, We know that these are minority opinions. We know that these are uh, that it's a minority of the electorate that is putting these people in office who are appointing these non-elected people to life appointments, which are going to make the decisions that dictate our lives for, you know, the foreseeable future for generations. It's um, it's pretty terrifying. And uh, I, I got to say, I, I, I was one of those people who was watching multiple live streams of the Senate confirmation hearing um, juxtaposed against uh, uh, different cable pundits talking and my favorite podcast pundits talking and random Instagram live pundits talking because um, I was so angry that I just needed to be able to bask in other people's opinions for a little bit. Uh, and, and then as soon as the deed was done, I turned everything off and I sat in silence for a second. and. Uh, And then I opened my laptop and I started to look back through the photos that I made in D.C. when I was there for the McConnell versus Justice rally. And uh, and I was looking at young leaders and and young voices who are rallying every day and fighting every day. Um, People like Deja Fox and Tay Anderson and and uh, just so many more and and people that I was I was fortunate enough to to hear and see speak. Um, And really that brought hope just absolutely crushing back to me and crashing back to me because you know what, it, it can feel pretty hopeless right now. It feels like we're losing, but there's still there's still things to fight for. There's still people fighting, and we have to remember not to give up on them because they're not going to give up on us. 
That's right. And I want to make sure that all of our listeners know if you don't already have your ballot in and your friends and your family and your coworkers and your neighbors and anyone really that you can come across, um, you can't just mail it back now. You must physically drive your ballot, your completed ballot to your location. Please, please, because they've already telepathed what they're going to do. They've put it, they may as well put it in neon lights. They're looking for another Bush v. Gore, where the votes are halted, everyone just gets told what the election results are because the team that's in charge has a vested interest in who is that winner. Yeah, they've politicized the courts, they've done it, they're, 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 they're calling it audible, but they're also calling it out loud and they're showing us what they're doing. So the time is now, the first step in the action to take is that we absolutely need to win the White House, we need to win the Senate, and we need to keep the um, U.S. House of Representatives. So um, if you have a Republican senator with a Democrat who is running against them, make sure that you go vote Democrat and get that ballot turned back in. Um, Run, don't walk back to your ballot drop location and drop it off in person if possible. Um, if you know somebody who is older or somebody who is sick, um, uh, somebody who needs a little bit of help returning their ballot, ask them, uh, reach out, make a Facebook post, make an Instagram post, ask people if they need help returning their ballots because that is the most important thing we can do right now. Um, later in the show, we're also gonna touch on some uh, last minute volunteer opportunities and way that, ways that you can still get involved. Six days is a lot of days, it's a lot of time um, because there is still time for that. Exactly right. Now, I just wanna make a caveat that you pay attention to what your local laws are. Vince, what I found out while volunteering on the nine campaigns that I'm volunteering with, nope, I haven't dropped anyone. Um, I have found out that in Pennsylvania, this is a key state, y'all. This is where the fight is being brought in Pennsylvania right now. Trump is attacking the governor on Twitter, on the news. Um, in Pennsylvania, you must be the person on your ballot to drop your ballot, which is terrible, i.e. if you're a 90-year-old elderly person who is immune compromised, no one can take it for you. Nobody can drop it off for you. It has to be you. That is the law. They do have officers posted at the drop boxes. Please, please follow the local election laws. Pennsylvania, I hope you're the only one with a law like that. And hey, let's go ahead and turn that house blue so that we can get rid of that ridiculous law. What do you think, Vince? Let's absolutely. Um, I, I'm wearing my Penn State hat right now while we record this. Our listeners have definitely heard me lament having to grow up being a voter in Pennsylvania. I am now in Colorado where I can legally and happily go collect uh, nine extra ballots and return them uh, on top of my own for 10 to the ballot location, which means that I can be a good neighbor and help make democracy easier to participate in. Um, it's no small wonder why Pennsylvania is the state that gave us Rick Santorum. Let's just remember that. Oh, it's been it's it's been such a long, long, long year, and 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 it's been a long four years, and it really sucks that it culminates here in election week, because um, it is this is election week. There's no election day anymore. Uh, the election is happening. That uh, that we saw an illegitimate president uh, make a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court, but it has happened, and we have to start um, fighting against it. So, real quick before uh, before we go to our break, I want to make sure that I, I I touch on favorite plans or or or. Or, or, or favorite ways to get out of this that we've heard 
Um, I'm a big fan, personally, of rebalancing the court, even if that, in, if that means expanding the court. But Aaron, I wanted to hear from you. What is your personal plan for that that you are starting to research and starting to see going forward? Obviously, we are not experts, and we are not making um, endorsements for the plan for that quite this soon. So I have to say, and I know this is going to be unpopular because I myself was mad at this idea last night. I have to say I applaud the idea of a commission. And here's why. Here's why. Don't be upset, listeners. Here's why. (laughs) The commission is not just about the Supreme Court. It is about the entire judiciary, okay? I listened to Chris Coons on Rachel Maddow. Shout out to the Maddow Show today um, because they're doing some much-needed coverage. Yes, the Supreme Court must be expanded. Yes, I want to go to 13. There's absolutely no reason to set us up for some more failure decisions. Um, because honestly, guys, we're not packing. We're, we're getting America's voice in the court, okay? That's something that is really missing from this news coverage. And this both sides-ing that the media does is ridiculous. Ridiculous. If you look at the polling, 75% of voters are furious with this decision on McConnell, furious with this decision to push a Supreme Court justice that's as far right as they can possibly get without creating a handmaid's tale. I mean, a literal handmaid's tale of a life out there for people. So I like that he wants this commission because it means they're going to look at all of the judiciary, not just SCOTUS, you guys. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of unqualified, dangerously reacting uh, right-wing, just almost nut jobs that have been approved by this president. Um, Everyone just kind of laughed it off in the storm of a media cycle that we've had this entire four years. But there have been some really dangerous ideologues that have just been passed forward and given a gold star. It's true. Um, we definitely, I, I, we definitely, definitely need a review of the people who have been appointed in the last four years to um, to judgeships. I love the idea of a commission personally, for sure. Thirteen is a magic number that you mentioned inside of there, and 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 I wondered where it came from, and the and and the reasoning behind it is super reassuring to people who don't understand rebalancing the court or expanding the court, um, which are are terms that I definitely prefer to packing the court because boy, does that just sound not wonderful these days. Um, we originally landed on nine justices back in the late 1800s because that's how many federal judicial districts we had. We now have 13 federal judicial uh, f- federal judicial districts, so doesn't it make sense that there should be 13 seats to match that? Um, you know, that's just duh. There, there, there's a very reasonable precedent-based, uh, uh, sensical sense to put uh, four more judges onto this court and 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 rebalance the politics of it a little bit. Um, there's a lot more steps that we can take going forward from uh, from playing inside the system, deep inside the system. Uh, you can run for office. You can start lobbying your local government. You can start lobbying the federal government. Uh, you can start phone banking. You can start volunteering. You can start running campaigns. Uh, let's talk about how to move forward inside of this new world order. After a quick break, I'm really excited to talk to our guest, uh, Policy Director for Normal and Federal Lobbyist, Justin Streckel. Heck yes. I can't believe we're finally going to talk to someone who's lobbying against lobbying. I love it. Shady backroom deals, a revolving door for politicians and lobbyists. Corruption is hurting hardworking Arizonans. I'm Julie Gunnigal. I was born and raised here in Maricopa County. As a prosecutor, I took on corrupt politicians and I won. 
And as Maricopa County Attorney, I'll hold our legislators accountable and make sure that they serve time for the crimes they've committed, because we deserve better from our representatives. All right, welcome back to a plan for that, where we are absolutely going to build a plan for surviving whatever new world order we are finding ourselves in, because it seems like we're waking up in a new one every single week. Um, I am very, very excited to welcome our guest, Justin Streckel, to the show. Um, he's rescheduled, it seems, every week just to land right here, right in front of Election Day. I don't know how he managed to do that. Um, I guess he's just that brilliant. Justin is a registered federal lobbyist who spends his days as the political director for the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Before working on pot and drug policy, Justin worked on taxes, wages, campaign finance policy, and for electoral campaigns throughout the country at every level of government and one time he drank beer with me in dc welcome to the show justin those were good times thanks so much for having me oh god that, that was the before times yeah, yeah do you dude. remember when we, we saw each other in 3d september 25th of 2019 i wonder why you have that date uh stuck in inside of your brain everybody so that you know justin is responsible or at least partly responsible for helping to make history last year when uh, when the Safe and Secure Fair Enforcement Banking Act was the first ever piece of cannabis legislation to successfully uh, be voted through a chamber of Congress when it, uh, when it passed the United States House of Representatives last September. Congratulations, Justin, and to all of the cannabis advocacy world. Yeah, no, that, 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 was, that was a good day. 321 to 103 was, was the vote. 47% of Republicans voted in favor of it. All but one Democrat voted in favor of it. These are the kind of things that I remember from these uh, from these endeavors. Now I'm really excited to to be on today. I I, I know from the pre-show we 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 got some good topics to discuss. So I'm I'm just really looking forward to to having this conversation. Thanks so much, Justin. I just have to let our listeners know during our ad break, I had to thank Justin because he took me from furious level bazillion down to a smile again. He's just such a great guy. I'm super excited. And he has so much experience and knowledge to share with us. Thank you for being here. The gift of gab is definitely, definitely strong with this one. Um, as, as I mentioned in the bio, and we've mentioned in a couple of uh, previous plugs for Justin, he is a lobbyist, but he is also uh, somebody who believes in ending federal lobbying, which we're definitely going to get to uh, a little bit later in, 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 in the conversation. But I want to start with uh, one of my favorite memories of Justin was I, I met this dude who was operating inside of the, the confines of, of DC politics, who was playing the game, was inside of the system, and definitely fit the role of playing inside of the system. But then also I, I started to realize, you know, from you know following on the Twitter and, and being fortunate enough to have out loud conversations that he's definitely somebody that a conservative talk show radio host would, would call radical. And, and this is somebody who is actually this, like you're not here, Justin. You're somebody who's actually finding a way to push progressive policy and progressive politics into this system that is really built to kind of reject it and to keep us out. Um, and, and I think that's very admirable. And so uh, here you are in D.C. How, how is it having to fit inside of that role and operate there? You know, before COVID, it was easier. Uh, but then again, wasn't everything. Um, you know, I mean, like, you know, COVID has really born, uh, born naked the struggles of our system. And, and the prioritization of, of who has access to power and resources and who does not. And, you know, I, I've, I've had really, really good fortune in, in my life. You know, I, I was 
I was raised in what would generously be described as lower middle class. Um, you know, and I got picked on when I was a little kid for, for getting the, the free lunch program. But like, you know, I was a, I was a white dude in America and, and yeah, I was the only white kid growing up on my street, but like, you know, the cops treated me differently than, than my friends. Um, so, you know, I, I try to figure out a way to, to leverage, um, well, manage expectations and then leverage the expectations that have been laid upon me and my endeavors, whatever they may be at the time. And, and I, I came up, I was first radicalized in 2003. And, you know, in the pre-show, uh, Aaron, you were talking about, and, and, and Vince, y'all were talking about how frustrating it is that, you know, with the new Supreme Court, how they were elected by a minority of the population and they're holding these minority views. And, you know, for me, you know, when I was thinking that, I, 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 it, it just, it dawned on me like, okay, well, I was radicalized in 2003 in the anti-war effort. And, you know, at the time that had a majority support um, of the public to, for an, an internationally illegal invasion and, and subsequent murder of over a million civilians. And like, you know, it's just like, it, it doesn't really matter whether or not it's, it's, it's supported by a majority of people or a minority of people. The question that, that I have whenever I think about public policy is, are all people's rights being respected or defended um, against a, a whatever the oppressive nature might be. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, a really interesting time and working on marijuana policy particularly has, has been quite a privilege because it's, it's so intersectional with every single other aspect of American public life, either overtly or, or, or just, um, you know, kind of covertly, if you will, um, <laughs> where, we, you know, and I, I, I get to work with allies where we can refer to, to their, like them leveraging their support as a tip of the spear issue, which allows them to use marijuana as, as an aspect of their agenda to get more attention to their broader agenda. And then for other groups, it's only like, you know, an aside. So Vince, you, you know, you brought up the, the Safe Banking Act vote you know, like as, as much credit as I think that, that, that every reform group has taken for that. I don't, I don't, you know, I think most of the credit goes to the American Bankers Association um, because they, they were supportive of it. And for me as, as a leftist, it was very, very strange for me to, to be organizing alongside um, people. I, I, I guess I shouldn't name them on, on this podcast, but you know, they had names like Tanner, right. Um, at the American <laughs> Banking Association. And it's just it's 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 been really an interesting ride and and but you know i i've i try to keep my ego in check and always put it in in the back seat to the agenda um you uh i'm 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 going to go ahead and call you a, a a bernie folk who also would have supported elizabeth warren in the primary i don't remember which way you you publicly ended up going in the end uh but you are def- you are a progressive human being who is pushing policy through uh at, at the federal level and in the pre-show, you, you brought up a, a, a slogan that I absolutely love, and that is personnel is policy. And so I want to, for our, for our listeners, I, I want you to talk a little bit um, and, and kind of pull out from the D.C. perspective what that actually means and, and how that can play out. Because I see a lot of people lamenting the idea of um, electing a Joe Biden and then not being able to pull him left or, or, or calling us fools or naive for thinking we can pull him left. When I mean, the legislative process really does offer up ability to force progressive policy onto his desk. Yeah. So so I yeah, I I was a a Bernie supporter. I was actually a delegate for the senator um, in 2016. 
And um, this year, yeah, I would have totally voted for Elizabeth Warren had she won the first three primaries, but Senator Sanders won the first three primaries. And so I voted for Senator Sanders again um, as, as a DC voter. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, with, with Senator Warren would, would talk about personnel's policy and, and I, I actually revised it a little bit. I say resource personnel with agency is policy. And, and I think it's, it's, it's th those two things are so critically important. And, and when we think about Joe Biden and his administration, you know, I, I'd rather have an opponent, because right now my opponent is the system, right? The system is my opponent. I'm trying to change the system. And, and I'd rather have a, a, an actor who I can understand how they rationalize than have in place actors running the system who seem to be sociopaths and it, it you know who who are completely unpredictable and when 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 Donald Trump you know installed Jeff Jefferson Beauregard Sessions the 3rd to be the attorney general of the United States you know just weeks after I'd started my job here at Normal um, you know I was like okay this is this is going to be a fight right and and we we helped and, and I'm so proud of of activists who, who care about marijuana policy all around the country who you know even if it was only like a half a dozen people they you know we we helped mobilize people all around the country to show up and, and to protest him at every public event that he did and and you know we were very fortunate that that Jeff Sessions turned out to be a dog who who was all bark and no bite um, so the question of who who uh, Vice President Biden would install if if becoming you know choosing for for key positions is critically important. You know who's going to be the Attorney General? Who are going to be the 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 ones who are the various um, you know sub department heads who are going to be the ones who are actually going to take the time to meet with me? Because I can't reasonably expect to get FaceTime with the Attorney General. But I can reasonably expect to get FaceTime with with department heads or with sub department heads, and and then furthermore, you know, furthermore, let's talk about the Moore Act. Um, you know, we're trying to create a whole new office at the Department of Justice. So who, who, you know, if if we're successful, then what? The question is, is who do we get to run it, right? Um, and and I certainly, you know, don't don't want to be up for the job, but I'm certainly open to suggestions from from any of the listeners. If, if you want to email me, Justin at normal.org, if you think you know who should be uh, running the Office of Cannabis Justice at the DOJ after we uh, pass the MORAC, but you only get to send me a recommendation if you're going to help me pass the MORAC in the first place. Um, that's that's the quid pro quo here, and um, you know, it's just it's it's. It's really scary, right? Because right now we're in political season. Everyone's jockeying for position. You know, Senator Sanders, who whom I admire very much, you know, is is floating up trial balloons that he should be the labor secretary. But you know, on the flip side, I'm like, you know, with all due respect, Senator Sanders, you you have a Republican governor of your state, and it is all too important that that we have a Senate that's willing to work with us. So it's these kind of complicated questions we got to navigate. I uh, I'm really glad that you brought up how all of you were radicalized back in 2003 because if I can just backtrack a little bit because I'm pretty sure our listeners are ready to take action and ready to do the things that are going to hold the Biden administration accountable and even more so push them toward what America wants and not big banks, big money and um, 
ideologues, quite frankly. Um, I would love to hear how you got started. I really would, because back in 2003, when you guys were radicalized, I was just pissed and I didn't know what to do. I just said everything is unfair. I hate this president. No one elected him. The election was stolen in 2000. So I know that there's people out there with a whole bunch of anger and they want to point it somewhere. Could you please talk about that too? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Well, first I'll say anybody who's really, really interested in marijuana reform policy, uh, if there isn't a normal chapter near you, you can start one. Find four friends, set, put up a board, and, and, and we, will, we will help you do it. And you can jump on every Tuesday and Thursday. We do leadership development calls and we regularly do hold office hours. And- <laughs> to borrow your joke from earlier, it's gateway activism, but it's, but it is, but it's turnkey out of the box. Here's how you set up something locally. You can build that for a year or two, learn how to organize and then leave it in somebody else's capable hands and, and, and go set up the next thing too. Exactly. And, and you know, a lot of our activists are, are, are members and leaders of, of varying local groups. I mean, it's, you know, when I started, it was, I mean, geez, I, I was 13 years old. Uh, a good friend of mine who went to the high school next door or the, the town over, because um, I'm from Cleveland Heights and he's from Shaker Heights and there's a rivalry, but we were friends, it's cool. Um, and, you know, he was like, hey, I want to set up a chapter of SDS at my school and organize student walkouts. And I'm like, that sounds cool. And I had no idea who the students for Senate, uh, Democratic Society were. I had no no concept of any of that history. I, you know, we, we just got the internet at the time and that was just in our house. And so I started doing some research and I'm like, this looks cool enough. And, you know, sure. And, and then we, we organized, um, you know, student walkouts and it's, it's pretty easy to get high school kids to leave school. Um, I would say <laughs> that, um, I would say on, on, uh, of the various walkouts we organized, we were fortunate if 40% of the students who walked out actually joined us to go downtown to, to the Justice Building in Cleveland, um, in downtown Cleveland to actually for our, our various protests. We had weird ones. We, we had a Funk the War one where we got those little FM transmitters and carried boom boxes and we would play music and dance and yell at the cars while, while, while screaming, um, but like keeping it a jovial atmosphere. Um, you know, honestly, from, from my perspective of, of, of being that like DC hack and, and I, I joke with our activists that I'm their scumbag lobbyist, uh, for better or for worse, that, um, you know, I feel very disconnected and, and, and I, I miss local politics because I, you know, there, there is a sense of agency where three, you know, you, if you're one person who cares about something that's happening in your city and you can find five more people who care about it and y'all show up to, to the local meetings, then you're a threat to the, the power structure because just because so few people pay attention to those things. Because five people can, can relatively quickly with a righteous enough cause become 10, 20, 50, 100, 500, and 500 people at a local level. I mean, that's, that's a hurricane, right? Um, and, you know, but here at the, at the national level, we, we see issues like marijuana policy reform, which has a supermajority support of voters, you know, not getting addressed, gun policy reform, campaign finance reform, democratic, like just the ability to vote, right, and voting rights, um, you know, money in politics, going after bankers, all of these things have, have, have supermajority support amongst the public, but it's not movable. And I think we need more local proof of concepts for, for successful programs like New York City's campaign finance system, which has spending caps, 
um, or, or I mean, we could talk about any kind of public policy and good proof of concepts. But yeah, so that the long, long of the short is stay, stay local, find a couple friends, become each other's therapist, and and become each other and become each other's accountability structure. So that way, you you just keep showing up. And we talked. I mean, we talked to the founders of Toledo Persists uh, a couple of episodes back, who who are, who are a group of women in, in back in, in Ohio who are doing exactly that. Who started just organizing with the folk that they know and, and building a movement out from there. Um, in fact, just about every organizer that we have talked to as a as a call to every listener, in case you haven't been heard every episode yet, it has been. It starts small and it absolutely ripples. Um, I would send you to Joe Spalding's episode where he discussed uh, ending gerrymandering through uh, the legislative process and through ballot initiatives. Uh, uh, in Michigan, where it started with an idea on Facebook and rippled out. Small organizing absolutely makes a difference, um, and ideas can ripple. Um, while we have you here, Justin, I want to talk about small ideas that are rippling maybe beyond where people can totally understand them, and that is lobbying and lobbyists. Uh, when, when, when Aaron and I very first started discussing this show before it ever became a thing, when it was still just an idea in her head that she was starting to say out loud, uh, she said she, she wanted to talk to a lobbyist and ask them why they do what they do because we need to end all lobbying. And I was like, actually, I, I think I know that person. Uh, 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 and so I was one of those people who hated lobbying before we uh, before we before I knew really what it was. And then one day I realized that talking to the government about their policy was probably a good idea. And maybe having a registered list of people who are doing that is also a good idea because accountability is good. So maybe not all lobbying is bad. So Justin, is all lobbying bad? I think the abolition of lobbying as we know it would produce a huge value add to our society. And, and I think that um, it, it would need to be coupled with other other reforms as well. Like we can't just abolish lobby because because to the point you mentioned, like you know we don't want just we don't we 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 want structures of accountability. But that's what elections are, right? And um, I I think that one of the one of the biggest frustrations I have about American society is this um, combining of the economy and the democratic process. Because Ameri nowhere in the Constitution does it say that we're 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 supposed to appear be be a capitalistic structure. I mean, the the notions of capitalism in in the late 1700s were dramatically different than the notions of capitalism of, of which we have now just kind of accepted as as, as modern day thought. Um, and and the reason is, is you know like I, I like to think that I'm a very good you know nonprofit public advocate and and lobbyist in in my role and. I'll, I'll put my work product up against anybody else's as far as being an, an effective return on investment for normal members compared to other organizations. But, you know, it's just the, the, the fact is, is like we, we shouldn't allow the same rights of citizens to be given to corporate structures. And um, part, of the, part of the lobbying dilemma, and, and here's an unpopular opinion, but I, I will hold it to my, to my grave. Uh, we need to pay lawmakers more, and we need to dramatically increase their staff sizes and their and their staff budgets and and the staff salaries, because I see this all the time, and it's one of the most frustrating things. Where I get an in on an office, and I'm working with their senior legislative aide, and I spend hours over the course of months training them, or, or ed, not training, but you know, educating them as to as to the status of of policies. And how the Controlled Substances Act works, and how these things, and how these different aspects of public policy inter interplay, 
And then the next, but they're only making $45,000 a year, which is not a wage that anyone would consider a professional wage in the city. And then because they now have Hill experience and they have connections, they get a job on, on K Street, um, you know, representing defense manufacturers or oil companies or whatever other industrial complex that, that, that it is that, that might strike their fancy, even if it's something that we view as good. Um, and, and I think that we, we need to find a way to take back our, our political structures. And I think that it's, it's not going to be easy. I think, and sometimes candidly, like sunshine is not always the best disinfectant. It's a good slogan, but like there's a big difference when you have a committee vote and you have, you know, before I talked back when I used to work on campaign finance reform policy, a Harvard professor told me this. He said, the polarization and, 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 and moneyed influence of our politics dramatically increased when we moved to the open, open air committee structure. Because it used to be the lawmakers could go into the committee room, yell at each other, have the vote. The vote will go however it goes. And then they could walk out and they could lie to the lobbyists saying, oh, yeah, you know, just couldn't get it this time. Right. But like, you know, now it's a totally different power structure when, when you have, you know, I've been that lobbyist in the committee room staring at lawmakers being like, you're going to do the right thing that, that, that you told me you do. You're going to use the talking points that I wrote for you because you're not good at talking about these things. So that's why I wrote your remarks for you. Right. And like, I'm holding them accountable in that way. But like, you know, not, not, not every public advocate's as good as me. And even if they were, if, if every, you know, and I'm not as good as some of the best, but like, you know, we're still outgunned like 500 to one when it comes to the resource race. Um, so I, I really, you know, is there, there is no perfect democracy's messy and gross, but like, it is absolutely vile the way it is now. And I think we need to completely end the, the, the status quo. So I have a, a possibly silly but still burning question, and then I want to toss it to Vince because you and he both have the experience and I just have the dream and the hope, <laughs> you know. Um, I really hate, and, and just stay with me here, this is really kind of a weird thing to throw out, but I really hate that we elect someone and then there's no form of accountability until they're up for election again. You know what I mean? Like, isn't there something? <laughs> yeah, like, isn't there something? Um, if if we aren't talking about lobbying for corporations, what if there was a people's lobby? What if the people said, hey, I didn't put you there to do this. I'm really upset. <laughs> you know, like, oh, just, yeah. Is there anything possible? <laughs> there's a ton of organizations like that i mean you know there's the pergs there's 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 um citizen action there's common cause there's 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 uh, people for the american way i mean like you know normal what you know keith strap the founder of normal uh looked up to ralph nader who viewed himself as the consumer's advocate and and the people's and the consumer's lobbyist and that's what inspired keith to set up the marijuana smokers lobby right um, no, I, 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 I would say there are already a lot of groups that do that. I, and I just, I don't know what, you know, the problem is, is they're not very well resourced. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, when, cause there's not a whole lot of economic interest or I'm sorry, profit motive interest in, in making sure that, you know, we're going to invest in public parks or, or, or move, move away from dirty fuels to, uh, clean energy. 
Um, I mean, that's actually a different conversation that's shifting with with the the growth of the clean clean energy sector. But you know, I mean, there, there's already a lot of that, and I just I don't know what other than elections could could be beneficial. I think you know we have public polling. You have the ability to contact your lawmakers in their offices. You have the ability to organize and 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 petition the government and protest and you know, I mean, politicians are political animals and they are scared. And when, when I, they, they want to keep their job. And when, when I was, a, I, I briefly worked um, as a state uh, legislative aide, or as a legislative aide in the Virginia State Senate. And I would argue the most powerful interest in this, in the Commonwealth of Virginia are the, are the animal rights people. And they led us to almost accidentally prohibit having children in the state of Virginia because the year that I was there, there was this scandal about this unlicensed zoo. So lawmakers in response hastily drafted legislation that would prohibit the unauthorized, unlicensed um, domestication of primates. And it wasn't until the bill was on its second reading about to pass in the chamber that anybody realized primates include humans. So unless you previously got a license to have a human, then a primate, then you wouldn't be able to have a human child. Um, wow. You know, and that's because there's like, you know, there's just this network and, and you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have a broad generalization here, but like, you know, there's this network of, of stay at home uh, wives who are very, very committed to defending the rights of animals. And there's maybe on average 10 of them in each Senate district. And every single one of them contacts that Senate office every single week. They all show up down at the Capitol once a month. And they 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 have a they go in they have a clear cut core agenda and they demand it, and and these lawmakers know that this small group of people could would create for them a very large headache if they didn't acquiesce to their seemingly reasonable demands, you know because they they weren't saying we want to ban having kids we were saying we want to ban unlicensed monkeys. Are you listening, listeners? He he's giving you the steps. That's literally why I asked the question. Did you hear the steps? Rewind. Play it again. Go, Vince. <laughs> it's it's just so easy to. It's I mean I'm thinking because I actually know that group of of animal rights activists here in Colorado. It is it is very easy once you know what you're fighting for to organize around it and to remember to call your lawmaker to get involved in the process to because once you find the number it doesn't change it doesn't change very often at all so you can you can just set a calendar invite even to remind you to dial it um, while we're learning how to set those habits and get involved in the process though every week on the show aaron and i end it with our own accountability check and, and by talking about how we're involved in the process and how easy it is to get other folks involved in the process here we are six days out if you're listening to this the day that it was released which you should be because you've already hit subscribe uh, we're six days out from election day which means that if you don't have a plan for getting involved or getting out there and volunteering you might be panicking but good news there's plenty of avenues to still get out there and still do the work. Um, Justin is going above and beyond for his uh, for for his last minute involvement. And I wanted to ask you uh, what you're doing in the last run up to election day here to to help make sure that there's a blue wave. Well, I'm I'm, I'm not doing it for a blue wave. I'm doing it for good public policy in Arizona when it comes to the legalization of marijuana. Now, should it increase voter turnout to who who cast ballots in other races, then then that is uh, up to them. Um, but yeah, so we're for here at Normal, we're running phone banks uh, pretty much every single day. We're, 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 we're not running them on Friday um, to call out the vote um, in Arizona and support a Proposition 207, 
to end the practice of treating marijuana possession as a felony. They are the only state in this country that still treats mere possession by adults as a felony. Um, and they would become the first state to go straight, to go from felony possession to adult use legalization and a regulated market in one jump. Um, so if, if anybody's out there is interested, you wanna hop on the phone banks um, at normal.org slash act. Um, it's like the third link down, sign up. You'll, you'll get two emails a day from me telling you, reminding you about the upcoming phone bank. Um, you know, also I'm going, uh, my, my wife and I are gonna be going up to Wisconsin to assist in some uh, voter protection and uh, measures and, and trying to make sure that the ballots are actually gonna be counted. Um, there's a lot of concerns and we, you know, hopefully we end up going and just sitting there and doing nothing. Um, in a perfect world, we're just going to sit there and do nothing and we're going to like hang out outside the, the you know, we, we have our designated area that, that, you know, county that we're going to and we'll sit there and do nothing. Um, but if, if, if people with guns show up, then we have a plan for that. If um, for some reason, you know, if the president of the United States arbitrarily declares that he won the state and calls upon officials to stop counting and we need to figure out a way to ensure that they continue counting the votes, we have a plan for that. Um, my, my lovely, lovely, wonderful, way smarter than me wife um, has been building these plans for the last month. Um, so I'm just going up there to, to, to help her um, and help the people of Wisconsin. Um, you know, there, there, there's so many ways to get involved. I mean, you know, if, if you have the gift of gab like me, do some phone banking right now, right now, right now, go do phone banking right now. Um, sign up, you know, there are Senate races, there are House races, there are local races. Your, your, your impact always goes further the more local you go. Um, because, you know, however down ballot you go, you have the trickle up effect. And I think we can all agree that trickle down is bullshit. Um, but, uh, you know, so the, the more hyper local you go in choosing who it is you want to see get elected, the more impactful your time is going to be. Um, that's why I really like this county attorney in Maricopa County, Julie Gunnigal. Plug her. Um, we we are we are going to ask you to, uh, to to tell our listeners where to send their small dollar donations here at the last minute. So uh, if if you want to do that right now, why don't we give her a, a, a big pow- a big shout out and a real plug? Where should we be sending those those dollars this week? Julie Gunnigal is running to be the first elected Democrat uh, county attorney in Maricopa County in quite some time. I don't know exactly how long. Um, you know, this is this is the jurisdiction where Sheriff Joe Arpaio was, was incarcerated and harassed and oppressed and, and reigned his tyranny for a very long time. And we need a, a good county prosecutor uh, or county attorney who is, you know, essentially their district attorney um, to 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 undo some of that harm. And she is the only candidate in the race who is unabashedly in favor of legalization. She actually takes positions that go much further than what Proposition 207 would um, would compel her to. Um, so yeah, Julie Gunnigal, um, Maricopa County is one of the largest districts in, in the jurisdictional um, districts for, for a, 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 a prosecutor. And it'll, I think, really help set a, you know, here in, in Ruby Red, Arizona, if you get a progressive prosecutor like Julie Gunnigal, I think it can, you know, she'll, she, you'll, her name will be up there with Larry Krasner, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and Kim Fox and, and, and Marilyn Mosby and, and so many others. Um, so, you know, I, I, w- I would plug her. Yeah, totally gonna go. Those those races are just so wildly important too. We love talking about the the, the need to support down ballot DA judges, prosecutors. Every elected position has an incredible amount of power behind it, and so definitely get your ballot. 
check it out, figure out exactly who everybody, every name on there is because it really, really does matter. I think it's very cool that you're going to Wisconsin to pull watch too. I hope for your sake and for the sake of our democracy that it is nothing but you enjoying cheese curds and really just having a really great time. But um, listeners, while you're out there, just in case, uh, in case you see any shenanigans at your polling location because you are going to go drop your ballot off or vote early right now, if you can, if it's possible, um, you're going to go do that. But if you see any shenanigans, remember the phone number is one eight three three dem vote That's 833-336-8683. You're listening to this on your phone, so you can hit that rewind 15 seconds button and listen to it again while you add it to your phone. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a hotline set up with, with, with attorneys at the, at the ready to go into action immediately on the ground in all 50 states to, to help combat voter suppression because this election has never, ever, ever been more important than it is right now. Yeah, and I want to yes, I want to add a tag on to that, referring back to our episode eight with Jennifer Cohn. You also, in addition to calling that hotline, must 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 report what happened to C say twenty twenty S E E S A Y twenty twenty. That organization is going to be ready to help campaigns when the contested races occur. So this election's important. Go participate in it um, if, if, if you care about cannabis or if you care about advancing progressive policy, because let's face it, at this point, cannabis is progressive policy, even though it's a nonpartisan issue. Uh, definitely go support Arizona's uh, 207. You can volunteer through normal.org slash act. Was that it? Was that correct? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, Justin, where do people uh, uh, keep in touch with you? Where do people follow up with you? And, uh, and, and real quick, what are you going to do on your first uh, very well-earned day off after this election day? Uh, well, folks can technically follow me on Twitter, but I'm not a big tweeter. Um, usually, I only tweet when I'm engaged in direct action, and admittedly, it's not as nearly as much as I would I would hope it to be. But I have my 91-year-old grandfather in the house, so with COVID concerns, I've dramatically uh, scaled back, and, 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 and it's every time I've gone out, particularly early in the summer, it's been a difficult decision. Um, but no, yeah, so I'm on Twitter, technically. I mean, work my, you know, my, my emails are open, justin at normal.org. Um, you know, as I, as I often tell, tell folks, like, again, for better or for worse, I am your, you know, if you're a marijuana smoker and you care about your, your rights, how you're treated under law, I'm your federal lobbyist. There, there is nobody else in this country who, who is paid for and, and completely bought by people who smoke weed. And, and that I'm, I'm your guy. Um, so if you think you can do a better job than me, make, you know, listen, send your resumes to director at normal.org. Um, but you know, in, in the meantime, I'm, I'm who you got. And, um, so you can email me at justin at normal.org. Um, you know, seriously, if, if you're interested in marijuana policy reform and you want to get involved locally, I don't expect it to be anybody's full-time job. Please don't expect that you should, will make money off of it. There are like eight people in this country who do, um, for, for normal, um, but you know, it's, it's incredibly important. We will arm you with, with what you need to know, that context, that history, that those talking points that, you know, give you ideas and, and really help you amplify your influence at, at local levels where we desperately need it on issues like, you know, pa- parental rights, DUID policy, employment protections, you know, immigration issues. Like these, these, these are the, the next fights that are needed outside of just outright ending criminalization. And pushing Joe Biden and the uh, and the Democratic House and whoever it is is going to control the Senate 
Um, so it's going to be a really interesting 2021 if we make it. And if we make it, we should be, we should make it together and we should fight for it together. Amen, brother. Absolutely. We're going to make it. We're building a plan for that. We're all going to make it. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a wonderful year. Um, I hope that you all stick around for after this break when we check in one last time on how we're going to make it to 2021. Justin, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. This was so much fun. Um, I look forward. I mean, I look forward to every conversation that we get to have, and I'm really glad that we finally had one on the record. Um, I can't wait for us to not be on microphones, though, so I can respond to a lot of what you just said. <laughs> looking forward to uh, looking forward to doing this again sometime soon. 1982, a 12-year-old is accused of stealing and dragged out a store, told he looks suspicious because his hands are in his pockets. I'm Raphael Warnock, and that boy was me. Back then, I didn't understand how much the system works against those without power and money, that the rules were different for some of us. Too often, that's still true today, especially in Washington. I approve this message because it's time for that to change. Boy, Vince, I am so excited at all of the things that Justin taught us about, and I'm super thrilled that there are more things than just vote, vote, vote. And yes, voting is important, but let's also hold those that we do elect accountable. Let's keep them accountable. Let's call them. Let's visit them. Let's gather together in groups as soon as it's safe to do so. Amen. Yes. And I, I love hearing the, the what we can do after we vote, because I, for so many of us, we've already cast our ballots or, or we've already made our plan to vote. If you haven't cast your ballot yet, nor made your plan to vote, do that today. Do that right now. Um, don't pause the episode. You can continue to listen to the episode while you do those two things. Good news. Um, but, uh, but, but I love hearing more about the process and how it plays out post-election when we, when we have a Joe Biden presidency and a blue Congress in both chambers. Uh, I think we definitely have to have Justin back on the show to talk about um, uh, what ending federal lobbying would actually look like. It definitely has a lot to do with overturning Citizens United and taking away corporate personhood first, for sure. Absolutely. And I am here for that. If, if you all didn't watch and... Trust me, I know you might not want to right now, but if you all didn't watch the confirmation hearing where Sheldon Whitehouse literally put in front of your eyes the puppet show that is being pulled off by the extreme right and the hugely wealthy, go watch it. Literally go watch it. That's what's going on. That's why this occurred. Definitely take the time to go watch it um, because that's it, we, we have such limited time right now. That would be a good use of your time. Um, I do want to take the, the, the last little bit of our show to this week to, to talk about building a plan post-election for ourselves, though. Speaking of taking some time, um, it's important to have a plan for taking some time off to take a day off to 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 really be able to uh, to breathe for a little bit. Um, and, and I want to give a shout out to, to definitely the crown queen of taking some time, despite it all, despite how selfish it might seem. Um, right now, Kim Kardashian, uh, who took some time on her own private island, despite her, her husband's very serious presidential campaign and campaign that is happening right now around us. Uh, she quarantined for two weeks and flew 
quote, her most important inner circle for a private 40th birthday party on her own private island in the middle of a global pandemic and the end of American democracy. Uh, shout out to Kim Kardashian, queen of the personal day. Uh, the question that I have to you, Aaron, is both, does that just make you angrier about all of this? Are you numb to that right now? And, uh, and more importantly, what are you going to do uh, with your personal day? And, uh, and, and what would you do if you could do it on the scale of a, of a Kim Kardashian West? Okay, I like the question, but first I'm going to say wealth tax. Wealth tax. Wealth tax. Big wealth there tax. There must be a wealth tax. <laughs> <laughs> yes, big wealth, big structural wealth taxes. Yeah, and, and by the way, listeners, that's something that everybody agrees on. Can you believe it? I mean, I want to keep women's rights safe, but there are some people who really don't. Guess what? Those same crazy people actually do want a wealth tax. The people who don't want a wealth tax are the extreme billionaires. That's it. Everyone else agrees on it. Everyone. So you want to pick a fight that you're going to have a whole bunch of people around you? I'm just saying that could be a real good guess. <laughs> Yeah, tax the Kardashians and their private island. I am here for it 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, What would I do? Uh, It's been so long, honestly. These last three and a half going on four years now have uplifted, like they've, they've uprooted everything in my life. They've uprooted my sleep. They've uprooted our sanity. They, my husband will tell you that I'm a little less jovial to be around. (laughs) Um, It just... I don't even know what it would look like. I I answered this question on Twitter when someone said, how will you feel when Joe Biden wins and we have the Senate and expanded House? Honestly, my first reaction is probably going to be crying. I literally watched an episode of Maddow recently that showed all of us ahead in spending on the Democratic side by over half. And I just burst into tears. And my little my little son had to ask me, Mommy, why are you crying? And I was like, it's called relief. I've been fighting so long. <laughs> it's so good to see that there's a whole army of you out there fighting with us. Amen. Tears are going to come quick to my eyes as well, but it does feel good to see that the culmination of all of this work, it's been it's it's been four years of a Trump presidency, two years since the midterm elections when we saw our first waves of success uh, and our army of progressives is building out behind us uh, post-election day. It's all about elect, making election day a starting line, not a finish line. Um, and, and, and that's why I love that this show is is here as we build a plan for moving forward. My day off, we all do definitely deserve a day off, um, is definitely going to involve um, the Breckenridge Skate Park, a cabin to myself, and, and nothing else for a day because um, recharging is super important, but we're not there yet. So let's do a quick accountability check. Um, we heard where Justin was at. He's he's phone banking for cannabis in Arizona. He's personally driving to Wisconsin to, to, to do some poll watching. Um, Aaron, what's keeping you busy in this last uh, this last week of, of election season? So I hate to be boring, everyone, but I have kept with the nine campaigns that I have constantly been volunteering for since I started. Um, and I can tell you what I shared with Vince in the break is that I won't name who is in trouble, <laughs> but I will say that eight of them are favored to win. One of them is a little shaky. Eight of them are favored to win. I'll take it. Amen. Let's go. Also, I want to give a shout out to Reverend Warnock. 
He is in the battle of all battles in Georgia, you guys, and he's finally ahead, just like we knew he would be, just like we know he'll win. Go, go, Georgia! Go support Reverend Raphael Warnock if you haven't already, or if you have already and you haven't hit that uh, that, that that donation maximum, uh, go support him 100%. My accountability check-in this week is that I am still uh, 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 cycling out images and stories from the um, this past trip to D.C. with the McConnell v. Justice uh, rally group. Uh, I had just so much fun. Please make sure that you're following me on Instagram at Vinny underscore Chant, uh, C-H-A-N-T. I'm sharing images out there uh, a couple times a day from it. It absolutely refueled my soul and and has my heart back in this fight in a very real way. Um, It felt so good to go to go do this in 3D and to see so many young leaders from across the country come together in one place ready for the fight. Um, I know that the next couple generations have our backs. They will definitely take up the torch. We just have to build the foundation for them. Um, I guess that I might as well plug this as well, since uh, since it's something that's happening on all of my social feeds and it's account- an accountability check. Um, I am trying to build the the means to be able to do this a lot more and to do this a lot more often. It is my birthday uh, at the end of this week. Happy Scorpio season. Happy Halloween. Um, and uh, right now there's a GoFundMe that's pinned to, to the top of my Twitter profile to uh, to help me raise the funds for my, my first professional camera so that I can start doing more of these things more regularly. Um, I've, I've, I've been fortunate in my life to work in places that gave me access to professional gear, but I've never been able to accumulate my own library of it. So I'm not able to put myself out there to, to do images or to shoot pictures in any kind of meaningful, impactful way and the, uh, without having to borrow gear. And the trip to DC really reminded me that it's something that's worth asking for and really uh, worth fighting for. So if you're able to help support me in that, uh, you know, my birthday present is to, to get out there and document this movement coast to coast with, a, you know, in, in, a, in a real beautiful high resolution way. So thank you for your support with that. I was just going to say, I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. <laughs> so my Twitter feed, a uh, little bit more expletive filled than normal is at wellness for you 13 almost seems like a paradox these days, but I promise you we are going to get back to what you can do in your day to day life to feel at one and at peace again. It is coming. I promise. Again, that's at wellness for the number U13. Make sure you're following the show as well on Twitter at a plan for that pod. Um, it is the best way to keep in touch with us. We cycle through all of our guests and all of the, the progressive candidates uh, coast to coast, all the way down the ballot there very regularly. So you definitely don't want to miss a beat. Um, the next time that we will be talking to you it will be post election we will be we will be past the starting line of election day hopefully um 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 with with clear election results overwhelmingly making joe biden the next president of the united states and we will be marching towards the inauguration and and starting a progressive agenda in a new america i really look forward to um to speaking to everybody then i'm mixing the drinks do you have the recipes 